Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas to you all. We are glad that you are here today and hope that God is going to bless you in a very special way as we worship God, as we celebrate the birth of God's Son, Jesus. We welcome you all. We welcome our guests, especially today. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here today and hope that God will bless you in a very special way. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill those out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, we would certainly appreciate that. And uh, just a few things to call to your attention today. Uh, first of all, we have enjoyed a uh, wonderful fellowship breakfast this morning. So thank you for all who participated in that and uh, and brought food and brought a, a warm uh, spirit of fellowship together today. Thank you for that. It's always good to, to uh, celebrate the Christmas season with brothers and sisters in Christ. So thank you so much for that. Uh, this Wednesday, all activities are canceled. We, we won't be having anything going on this Wednesday. We kind of figure it's the end of uh, December and everybody's tired. <laughs> it's been a long, busy, busy month. And so we're going to take a week off here and kind of regroup. And we will see you again. At, well, we'll see you again next Sunday, which is December the 31st. And, uh, and we'll begin the, 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 uh, the new year together. Uh, we will be serving lunch at the Salvation Army on Saturday. And so if you would like to participate in that and, and volunteer to help with that, please see Christine Cornelius. And our children will be having a New Year's bowling party and uh, on Saturday as well. And if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, see Kim Hall. Uh, she's here somewhere, I believe. Uh, there she is over here. And uh, see Kim Hall, and she can give you details about that. And there's also a sign-up sheet back on the bulletin board here. Uh, we're looking for people to uh, volunteer to uh, to help with the uh, the Christmas moments that we, I mean the children's moments that we have during our worship service each week. Uh, if you would like to volunteer to do one of those, please sign up on the sheet back there. We would appreciate it. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. It's also Christmas Eve. It's one of those weird Sundays where Christmas Eve and the fourth Sunday of Advent fall on the same day. Uh, but today we emphasize uh, love for the fourth Sunday of Advent. And I think that there is no better way uh, to emphasize the love of God in our life than to share the love of Christ with one another. And so let me invite you to stand and let us, let us share the love of Christ as we greet one another in the name of the Lord.
verse 10 through 14. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Today we relight the candles of expectation and hope, recalling God's promise. The candle of preparation, remembering the voice crying in the wilderness, urging the people to prepare the way of the coming Lord. And the candle of proclamation, reminding us of the joy found in Him. Now we light the candle of revelation and peace. We celebrate the announcement of the coming King and the greatness of God's love revealed through Christ's child. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you for revealing yourself through Jesus, and we praise you for the greatness of your love. Help us to share your peace with others and live our lives more like Christ every day. In his name we pray. Amen.
earth path. And I think our church family is going to sing along a uh, Christmas time song of Wayne and Ranger. We'll work the main with us. that you bow your heads and pray with me. We come together today to await, once again, the most miraculous birth in all of history, God made flesh. But we have been surrounded and consumed by things that draw us away from this most precious gift. Let us still our minds, be silent, (laughs) or enjoy the sound of children, to let the peace of Christ fill us now. A hymn says, What gift can we bring? What present? What token? What words can convey it? The joy of this day. When grateful we come, remembering, rejoicing, what song can we offer in honor and praise? Dear Lord, make us aware of and thankful for the gifts given to us, and willing and generous givers in response. We give our tithes and offerings now with open, receptive hearts. O holy child of Bethlehem, be born in us today. Amen.
Read along with me from Luke 1, 26 to 38. 
In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Tim, for reading the scripture. As you were reading the scripture, I kind of felt like I was in a Charlie Brown Christmas special, you know, and he's up in there on the stage reading this Christmas story, though he was reading from uh, from the second chapter, and we're leading up to that tonight. But it's a wonderful story. The Christmas story is such a beautiful story um, and a story that is filled with, with so much. Fanny Bryce um, was a well-known entertainer during the first half of the last century. Um, However, her second husband was a professional gambler, Julius W. Nicky Arnstein. And unfortunately, Nicky got into some trouble with the law. And according to one source, when Arnstein was taken off to jail, Fanny didn't tell their children where he was. Instead, um, she told them that their father was working in Paris. And so for Christmas, the children wrote their father a letter telling him that, that they wanted a pair of rabbits for Christmas. And so Fanny arranged to have the rabbits shipped over from Paris, kind of as a ruse, so the package would come from Paris and it would it would uh, uphold the the image that he was working in Paris. So she arranged to have the the, the rabbit shipped over from Paris to their home in California, along with lots of food and water to keep the rabbits healthy. But when the crate was opened in the United States. Yeah, you guessed it. There were a lot more rabbits in that box than just those two. I guess the the journey was long, and rabbits rabbits did what rabbits do. They multiplied. 
And the result was that the children thought their father had been especially generous that Christmas. Well, Christmas is a time for generosity, isn't it? That's what Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is all about. And by the way, did you see the the article uh, that speculates that Charles Dickens received his inspiration for his masterpiece right here in Henderson, Kentucky? Did you all see that article? You didn't see that article? Yeah. Uh, It was was around a few weeks ago. Apparently, Charles Dickens visited the United States uh, the year before A Christmas Carol was published. and, And he had a brief visit right here in Henderson. He was on a steamboat from Louisville to St. Louis, and he stopped here in Henderson to take on some freight. And so while he was here, Charles Dickens took the opportunity to roam around our hospitable community. And while he did so, he may have run across a resident of Henderson with the odd name of Ebenezer Risley, known to be a miser. No one could forget the cemetery scene in the Christmas Carol. Well, Henderson Cemetery at the time was a mere two blocks from where he disembarked from the steamship. And there are several other similarities between Dickens' descriptions in his book and and locations here in Henderson. So who knows? He may have been inspired by uh, for some of his characters right here in Henderson. But we're we're familiar with the story. The miserly Ebenezer Scrooge has his heart opened up by encountering the ghost of his former business partner, Jacob Marley, as well as the ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And their visits, after their visits, Scrooge is transformed into a kinder, gentler person and becomes the model of generosity. And it is absolutely true that Christmas is a time for generosity for all of us. Sometimes it can even affect our commercial establishments. Not long ago, a few years ago on Christmas Eve, the passengers on a a WestJet airliner flying from Vancouver to Toronto, Canada, received a, a very special treat. You see, they were all paid an unexpected visit by a virtual Santa Claus at their departure gate. And each of them was asked what they wanted for Christmas. And it ran the gamut. Some of the passengers wanted electronic gadgets like tablets and cell phones and TVs. And others just wanted a a free flight somewhere. One dad just wanted some socks and underwear. But... But then after the plane left the gate, the staff in Vancouver called the staff in Toronto, contacted them, and they quickly ran into the malls and into the stores to get every item on their passengers' list, everything that they asked for. And then when they arrived in Toronto, the passengers headed to the carousel to pick up their luggage, and when they arrived, they were surprised by the red lights that were flashing and gifts of all size flowing down the luggage chute. One boy was heard screaming protracted, a protracted, wow, when he unwrapped a present with his name on it to find the smartphone that he wanted for Christmas. 
In another corner was a family who couldn't contain their joy when they got the airline tickets that they had asked for. One passenger went away with a 50-inch flat-screen TV. And no passenger was left without a gift. Even the dad that just wanted socks and underwear. Though I bet he wished he had dreamed bigger. (laughs) And by the way, if you want to stay for a few minutes after the worship service, we're going to have a video that documents this. It's only about four minutes long. So if you want to see it after the service, we're going to have a video that documents that, uh, that evening of those lucky passengers. It's worth a watch. Christmas. It's a time for generosity for all of us. And you know, there is no quality that is more attractive in a person's character than a spirit of generosity. There's a true story in, in Reader's Digest um, not too long ago, about, uh, written by a lady named Ann Douglas Vaughn. She lives in Newport News, Virginia. Ms. Vaughn says that when she was 10 years old, she found a wallet. There wasn't any money in it, but even at the age of 10, she knew how things worked, and she couldn't, she couldn't wait to return the wallet so that she could get her reward. She figured there was a reward if she returned the wallet, and so she couldn't wait to return that wallet so she could get the reward. And so all day long, she called the telephone number that she found in the wallet, but nobody answered the phone. And then finally, her dad drove her to the owner's address. And when they got there, they found a very modest little military housing unit. It had a torn screen door. And then her dad did something quite unexpected. You see, as he rang the doorbell, her dad took out three $20 bills and tucked it inside that wallet. Ann Douglas Vaughn writes... It turns out that my reward for returning that wallet was getting to see one of life's true heroes in action. She was referring, of course, to her dad. In her eyes, her dad was a hero because of his generosity to a stranger who genuinely needed it. Yes, my friends, Christmas is a time for generosity. But why is that? What is it about this time of the year that makes us more generous? Well, I think it has something to do with the generosity of God that is displayed at this time of Christmas. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee to a virgin engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. My friends, today we celebrate the world's most important gift. You see, God gave God's only Son. 
And whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Gabriel came to Mary and announced that she will bear a son, but not just any son. You are to call him Jesus, he said. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. In other words, he will be the Messiah, sent by God to deliver the people. This story makes it very clear that the coming of the Messiah will be particularly good news to those who are hurting. It will be particularly good news to those who are at the bottom of society. It was no accident that lowly shepherds are the first to get the message after Mary. And it is no accident that this baby was born in a stable with a cattle trough for a bed instead of a palace and, or, or even a comfortable home in the suburbs. Some of the finest Christmas celebrations this year will not be in the elegant mansions of, of, uh, of Beverly Hills or Palm Springs. Rather, they will be in tiny little hovels in Latin America or in thatched hutch, huts in Central Africa or maybe in the slums of Manila. And the reason why is because many of the deprived and the outcasts of this world identify in a very special way with this Christ child who started his life out in the humblest of situations. Everything about his birth affirms God's love for the least and the lowest. Even the little town in which he was born. Not Jerusalem. Not Rome. But Bethlehem. Bethlehem was not a teeming metropolis. And yet the Bible prophesied that, the, that it was the city of David and it was there that the Messiah would be born. And then there was that humble couple having their child born in a barn. And the lowest of low, the shepherds, the cattle, the bed of straw, the animal poop lying around. How absolutely astonishing it would have been to that humble first family of our faith, huddled in that crude stable if they realized that the birth of their child would be, become an excuse for what Christmas has become today. It's different. Dismiss it as silly sentimentalism if you want. But in our world where billionaires live lives that would have made King Solomon and all of his glory envious, and in our world dominated by the pursuit of pleasure and the almighty dollar, we need the reminder of this Christmas story that the truly important things in life bear no price tag. For you see, all that matters in this story of that first Christmas is love. That's all that really matters. 
Love for God and love for one's neighbor. Everything else decays and and dies, but these things are eternal. Love. Christmas is a time for generosity. And I hope that the gift of God's Son is a reminder to us that the greatest gifts are not material. My friends, it's not the size of the gift that matters, but it's the love that is behind them. Sometimes simply the act of showing someone that you care, showing someone that that they matter to you, simply that act of doing that sometimes is all that that is needed. That's all that that is really needed. Just showing someone that they matter. There's a great story that I ran across a few years ago on the Internet. It's titled A Baby's Hug. It seems that after a busy morning of activity, a family decided to stop for lunch at a restaurant, and Eric's mother placed him in a high chair. And they were sitting there when suddenly Eric squealed with glee, and he said, Hi! He's giggling and chuckling, and he he looked across the restaurant there. And his mom followed the direction of Eric's eyes to to find what what was amusing her son so much. And when she did that, her eyes met a homeless-looking, unkempt old man just across from their table. His hands were waving at at Eric, and the, the man said, Hello, baby! You're such a big boy! Well, Eric's parents were a little startled by this. They weren't really sure what to, to do with this. And, and they didn't know how to handle this situation. Eric didn't seem to care that everybody in the restaurant was, was looking at them. And to be honest, Eric's parents didn't really feel very comfortable with what's going on here with this, this dirty old man. And so they hurried to eat their meal as soon as it arrived. And, and the old man was still teasing with, with Eric, Peekaboo, I see you. And this old man was anything but cute. And obviously intoxicated. But Eric didn't care. So no sooner had they finished their meal than when Eric's dad went to pay the bill, he told his wife to meet him in the parking lot. But the old man was was seated between her and the door. Lord, just let me get out of here before he speaks to me or Eric. She prayed. Well, as she drew closer to the man, Eric's mother turned her back, trying to sidestep and, and, and really to avoid any air that he might be breathing. But as she did so, Eric leaned over her arm, reaching with both arms in that typical baby's pick-me-up position. And before Mom could stop him, Eric had launched himself from her arms into this old man's arms. Suddenly, that ragged, dirty old man with sorry-looking old shoes and nasty hands and a young child with a face full of giggles, these two were in full embrace. 
that baby. In an act of total trust and love, laid his tiny head on that man's shoulders. The man closed his eyes. Tears hovered beneath his lashes. His aged hands full of grime and pain cradled that baby and stroked his back. And Eric's mother just stood there, awestruck. The old man rocked and cradled Eric in his arms. And he looked at his mother and he said, You take care of this baby. And all she could say was, I will. He handed Eric back to his mother and said, God bless you, ma'am. You have given me my Christmas present. She couldn't say anything else, but thank you. And then with Eric in her arms, she ran to the car crying, My God, my God, forgive me. That day, that mother and all of those patrons in that restaurant witnessed God's love made known through the innocence of a small child. That, of course, is the charm of Christmas. It is a day like no other. It is a day when a child teaches us that Christmas is a time for generosity. Why? Because God gave us the most generous gift possible. The gift of God's Son. The most important gifts that we give or receive, they are not material. They're just symbols of our love for those that we give them to. And that includes giving to the least and the lowest, as God did when God gave us God's only Son. And so let me say to you today, thank you. Let me say to each of you today, thank you on this Christmas Eve morning. Thank you. Thank you for your gift of love and compassion. Thank you for your example of reaching out to others. Thank you for your welcoming spirit. Thank you for your open arms of grace and hospitality. Thank you for loving our God who has blessed us so with the gift of God's Son. And thank you for loving all of all sisters and brothers, regardless of who they are or, or, or how they live their lives. Thank you, my friends, on this Christmas Eve for reminding me what it means to be the presence of Christ serving a world in need. Thank you for the beautiful Christmas gift of your love that you demonstrate every day of your life. And thank you for exhibiting a spirit of generosity, not only at Christmas, but every day of your lives. Thank you for following the spirit of this child that was born. 
on that night so many years ago. A spirit of love and grace and generosity and acceptance. Thank you for who you are because you are God's people. Merry Christmas. Amen. You know what we've been uh, talking about today is kind of the beginning of something and it is the beginning of the um, the life and the teachings of Jesus. And of course that life and teachings of Jesus can kind of be boiled down into one word and that is grace. Because nothing that God has done for us is anything that we deserve. It is only from from God's grace that we benefit from God's blessings. And I know it's not a Christmas song, but in a way it is. Let's sing Amazing Grace. Today at 5 o'clock is my favorite service of all the year, our Christmas Eve candlelight service. So we invite you to come back this evening. It will be filled with uh, much song and, and words of Scripture and remembrance of this wonderful day. So we invite you to come back at 5 this afternoon. Um, and uh, we, all, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and, uh, and for God's Spirit to be with you. Go forth in the name of the Christ child. Jesus, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God, be generous and loving to all, reveal God's spirit of Christmas through how you live your life each day. 
In the name of this child we pray. Amen.